Uh, returning to the topic that we discussed last week, that topic was how do I go beyond belief? Mm-hmm. And so today we want to talk about going beyond belief. We covered right. some very foundational topics last week uh, that that kind of laid the groundwork for what we're going to discuss today. And uh, first of all, I, I want to take us back to Hebrews chapter 11. And I, I want to briefly just talk about faith for a minute because faith is the foundation of anything we do in in the spirit, anything we do correct. with God, any way that we respond to God, uh, faith is the foundation of it. So, Hebrews chapter eleven. If you've got a Bible with you, or you're able to use your device and access uh, Scripture. It, it would be good to follow along together this morning because we're going to cover Scripture today. We're not just going to be talking about uh, what we think or what we feel like is true, but we're going to be uh, going back time and time again today to Scripture right? Uh, to see what the Word of the Lord has to say about uh, the matter. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. Mm-hmm. Verse 3 goes on to say, the same chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not out of, made out of things that are visible. And it's those first few words that I think are important when re, with regards to faith. Sometimes uh, we, we think of faith as strictly some kind of mystical thing um, that, that doesn't have any, any ties in real life. Right. But those first words in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 stand out to me because it says, by faith we understand. Right. By faith we understand. Faith is the lens by which we uh, view and we interpret everything about the world. And uh, so verse 6 goes on to say, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, that's a pretty strong statement. Without faith, it is impossible right. to please God. That's not a word that's used very much in Scripture is that word impossible. Right. Because we know that nothing's impossible with God. Right. But God does say this, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So True. God's expectations cannot be met. God's plan cannot be realized in our lives without faith. We have to have faith. And so to begin any kind of discussion about uh, salvation without first talking about faith would be uh, to skip over a very important part of, of, of what's going to be a part of your life as a person sure. of God. So here, here's another distinction that's worth making about faith. We talked about how faith is not just a mystical thing. Mm-hmm. It's not just this thing that we can't quite put our finger on. But faith is, is the thing that helps us understand right. everything that's going on. And James chapter 2, James chapter 2, verses 14, 15, and 16. Let me just summarize it for you in these words. It says, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. What that means is, is that faith that hasn't been put into action Mm -hmm. isn't really faith at all. Right. Isn't really faith at all. And so if we want to have a living faith, a faith that's real, then it's, we have to put it into action. We have to take a step of faith. We have to act on it. It has to translate from that, uh, from that idea that it's just this mystical idea into real life. It has to translate into the everyday life of a person for it to be real. Faith is not just an abstract idea. 
faith doesn't mean that we just reach some kind of mental agreement and, uh, and then stop there. Mm-hmm. But real faith always translates into real-life action. And that's what that's one of the most important things we can ever understand about faith. We have to put our faith into motion. Right. Right. It's like the wheels to the car. Right. Right. It, 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 you you have to start moving in your faith. You have right. to get boots on the ground and you have to you have to put your faith into action. Otherwise it's not faith. Right. Biblically. Biblically. Right. So um your faith in action. This is something we said last week. Your faith in action. Let's God's creative power walk through the door of your life. Right. Everything that God wants to begin to do in your life is tied to your faith response. So when we look in chronological order at how God has interacted with humanity, and that's the way this study is going to be conducted this morning, is in Mm -hmm. chronological order. Right. When we look in chronological order about how God has interacted with humanity, it becomes clear to us that only one message of salvation is possible. God is not the author of confusion. God does not, uh, does not have multiple ways of doing things. Right. But God has laid out a single plan of salvation. And when you approach Scripture in chronological order, in the order it is presented to us, in the order in which things occurred— mm-hmm then it becomes clear that there's only one plan of salvation that God has given us. And so that's what we hope to present to you today. That's what we hope to open understanding about today. Uh, Our main text this morning is going to be out of Hebrews chapter 2. And and I want you to look at it with us if you've got your Bible or you have access to a device that you can pull it up on a screen. Uh, Because this is important. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. Here's what it says. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, Mm -hmm. and then it was attested to us by those who heard him. Mm -hmm. So that's the order in which it occurred. First, it it was spoken by the Lord Jesus. Right. Everything about salvation that was going to be implemented in the New Testament was spoken by the Lord Jesus, and then it was attested by those who heard him say it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so that's the order in which we're going to approach this today. So the first thing we need to do is we need to go to see what Jesus said about salvation. And then we need to go and see what the apostles taught about salvation, because that gives us the instruction we need so that we know how to put our faith into action so that we can be saved. So, Brother Ben's going to take us through a few scriptures in the Gospels where Jesus directly addresses the topic of salvation. And we're not just going to cherry-pick today. I don't want to give you the impression that we've just cherry-picked a few verses out of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in order to make the point that we're wanting to make. Right. Because there's a lot of passages in the Gospels where Jesus addresses this topic. But for the sake of time this morning, we've selected a few that are most representative of what Jesus taught about salvation. Um, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 16, 18 and 19 says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, 
and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16 says, And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And Luke chapter 24, 46 and 47 says, Then said he to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. John chapter 7 verses 38 and 39 says, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Here we find um, the summary of what Jesus teaches. Jesus gives a very clear um, very clear direction, Pastor right. Dustin. There's some particular details in there That's right. that are going to become important yes. very soon in the story. He always lays out, we've said it many times, but he always lays out <clears throat> a plan. He's never shooting from the hip. He right. always knows exactly how things are going right. to work, and he always puts that process into motion. Right. Uh, first thing, uh, we find the salvation message would begin in Jerusalem. Right. And Peter has the keys, and we must believe. Mm -hmm. We must repent. We must be baptized. And the remission of our sins would be in his name. Right. Not any other name, but in his name. And that believers should receive the Holy Ghost. Right. And all of those details are in the passages that Brother Ben just read. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those kind of details are embedded in the very words of Jesus. Yes. Jesus said these things. Right. Jesus said it was going to happen at Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that, that I'm going to give Peter the keys to the kingdom That's of heaven. exactly right. That everyone who believes is going to repent and be mm -hmm. baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. That's right. Jesus said those things. This wasn't something that the apostles showed up one day and started preaching a message that they'd never heard before. Right. This was what Jesus had taught them. That's right. So chronologically, we know that that's the way it happened. That first, Jesus is the one that taught these things throughout his earthly ministry. He shared these things and imparted these things to his apostles. Mm -hmm. And then that we've seen how it was declared by the Lord, mm -hmm. we need to look how it was repeated and how it was confirmed, how it was implemented by those whom he was teaching, right. the disciples, the apostles. Right. So the next place we need to go is we need to look and see how the apostles taught salvation. The action of the apostles mm -hmm. and the church in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 confirm everything that Jesus taught about salvation. Mm -hmm. It was total fulfillment. 
Right. Every detail that Jesus spelled out of how salvation was going to be, New Testament salvation, was going to be brought into the world, mm-hmm. the circumstances that, that it would be brought in, into the world, the, the place, the person, and even the message itself of the plan of salvation, everything about what Jesus said was confirmed in those first two chapters of the book of Acts. Right. So that's where we need to go next. We need to see it in action. Mm-hmm. So uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 3, here's what it says. That the apostles, I'm going to summarize, the apostles spent 40 days with Jesus after his resurrection. Mm-hmm. Jesus came out of the tomb. Right. He was in his glorified body. He spent 40 days with his disciples and with his apostles before he ascended into heaven. And what was happening in those 40 days is that the disciples and apostles were being taught with a new revelation, a new understanding uh, of all things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Right. Jesus was, in essence, he was repeating, he was confirming everything that he had taught to them up to that point in these last 40 days that he was going to be with them in person. Right. That's Acts 1-3. Now, I, I for one, have... I doubt that after these 40 days of being with Jesus in his glorified body where Jesus is saying, I'm fixing to go, I'm fixing to not be with you anymore, here's exactly what you need to know. I seriously doubt that there was a lot of confusion right, about what Jesus wanted them to say and about what Jesus wanted them to do next. Right. I imagine that their understanding of the message of Jesus— and what he wanted them to do and say next, I, I believe it was crystal clear. Acts chapter 1 verse 9 tells us that at this point, Jesus ascends to heaven. Acts chapter 1 verse 12. Then the apostles go to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Now, this is important. Right. Now they're in Jerusalem. Right. Luke chapter 24 verse 47. Jesus said that Jerusalem would be the place where the message of repentance and remission of sins would be preached for the first time. So now the disciples are in the right place. Mm -hmm. They're in the right place. They're in Jerusalem. Right. Acts chapter 2 opens up. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, falls on the disciples. There's 120 gathered in the upper room. And a multitude gathers in the streets when there's a commotion happening. Right. And... The, the Holy Ghost is falling for the first time, and people are speaking in tongues. They're speaking in a language that they've never spoken before. Mm. And a crowd starts to gather in the streets of Jerusalem, and there's a commotion. Mm-hmm. And Acts chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, the crowd that gathered together, a lot of them were amazed. They were uh, in doubt. They were mocking, and they were making fun of what was happening. They just didn't understand. And right. they even asked the question. They said, what means this? Yeah. What's this all about? They're, yeah. they're, they're clueless. They, don't, they, don't, they aren't tracking with what's happening right. here. And the people just don't believe. And that's when this happens. Acts chapter 2, verse 14 says that Peter, at that point, stands and responds with a message. So let's stop again. Yeah. We're in the right place. Yeah. We're in Jerusalem. And now the right person right. is standing. Matthew wow. chapter 16, verse 19 mm-hmm. said it would be Peter he had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That's right. So you got the right person at the right place. Mm-hmm. Then, after Peter stands and he begins to address the crowd that's gathered, he preaches. 
And this is what happens. He preaches, he preaches Christ. He preaches the gospel, the message of Jesus Christ. And then when he's done, it's apparent that something's changed. Something in the atmosphere of this crowd that's gathered has changed. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, those that were mocking, those that were just flabbergasted and amazed, those that were in doubt, those right. that were just confused and asking, what's this all about? Mm-hmm. There's been a shift that's happened. Now there's understanding. Because Acts chapter 2, verse 37 tells us that when they heard this, when they heard the preaching of Peter that day, they were cut to the heart. Mm-hmm. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? What shall we do? Now the doubters and the mockers, now they're believing. Mm-hmm. Now they're accepting and they're asking, what do we need to do? Now, they're asking the right people. Right. Because remember, Simon, Peter, and the apostles, these are the men that had just spent 40 intense days with Jesus. That's right. Jesus is spending his last days on the earth, explaining exactly what's going to happen, explaining exactly what he wants them to say and do. These are the men with the message. Right. And they're in the right place. They've got the right man standing and delivering the message. And now the moment has arrived. The people are asking, what shall we do? And, and, and they're asking these men, and they're waiting for an answer. So, so to recap maybe what has happened to this point, because we're now seeing fulfilled in the Scripture what Jesus had proclaimed was going to happen and how it was going to happen. Right. So now we see that they are in the right place. Right. They're in Jerusalem. The right man is there, Peter has the keys to the kingdom. And unbelievers have been taken to the point where they now believe. Mm -hmm. There's something that is beginning to process. There's something that's beginning to roll. That's their faith beginning to connect uh, with what is happening. And now they're believing, and now they're asking, what shall we do? What do we need to do? It's beyond now. um, Just they're not being spectators anymore, right. but they want to be, uh, they want to become active with what uh, is happening and f- happening. And for the first time uh, since Jesus's ascension, salvation is about to be taught to a lost world. Um, to skip this next verse where we're fixing ahead, Acts chapter two, verse 38, to skip uh, this verse and go to any other scripture uh, is not rightly dividing uh, the Word of God. Right. We would be taking everything else if we uh, just cherry pick, as you said earlier, right. and we go from Scripture to Scripture. We're not right. rightly dividing. Uh, it would be like turning off um, um, an instruction uh, or cutting in half an instruction manual right, uh, right in the middle of, of what we are, are doing. <laughs> right. The Lord's about... Now, we might do that sometimes, right. but the Lord is about to reveal to the people what you're feeling, this is how it's right. going to happen. And right. this, this is what you must This is do. a pivotal moment. Right. And, everything, and what's really happening here is this is the culmination and the confirmation of everything that Jesus Christ taught. Yes. And that's really what it's all about. Right. This isn't, uh, this isn't originally the apostles' message. This is originally the message of Jesus Christ. And Absolutely. When he ascended and went to heaven, he left his apostles and his disciples as the message bearers that would deliver this message to a lost world. Right. And so this moment that's transpiring here in the book of Acts chapter 2 
is the culmination of so many things that have happened in the New Testament and the Gospels up to this point. Like you said, Brother Ben, to skip over this mm-hmm. and to pretend like it's not, it's not relevant, that it's not the message for us today, right. is, is disingenuous. Right. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is the New Testament message of salvation. Right. Everything that follows in the New Testament from this point confirms and portrays That's right. this reality. That's right. This moment. So here, here's the answer to the question. The people ask, men and brethren, what shall we do? Simon Peter has the answer. Mm-hmm. Here's what he says. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ yes. for the remission. That remission is the total forgiveness of sins. Wow. Your sins being washed away. He yes. said, you're going to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, God's Spirit. Right. And what that is, is it fulfills exactly what Jesus taught. Exactly what Jesus taught. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that people would believe, they would have faith, they would have to repent, Mm -hmm. they would be baptized for the remission of sins in his name, Mm -hmm. and that they would receive the Spirit of God. Right. It's an exact Right. Letter by letter confirmation of what Jesus Christ taught about salvation. That's right. So let us recall, let us circle back right now to the verse, the key verse that we, we honed in on earlier. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3. Because it really gives us kind of a big picture view of what we've been talking about this morning. Right. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 says, How shall we escape if we neglect? If we overlook, that word neglect, I was looking it up last night in a different passage, it just so happens. That word neglect just means to overlook. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean to abuse. It just means to overlook. How shall we escape if we overlook, if we neglect such a great salvation? Wow. It was declared at first by the Lord, Jesus, Mm -hmm. in his ministry. And then it was attested to us Mm -hmm. by those who heard him. Right. Well, that's, that's exactly what we've just walked through together. We've exactly. looked and we've seen what Jesus had to say about salvation. Right. We've looked and we've seen what was, what was preached and taught by those who heard right. what he said. That's right. And so uh, it's a powerful thing. We, can't, we should not overlook it. Right. It's an experience that every single one of us needs to have. Right. And you might hear some call it the plan of salvation, and that's kind of a shorthand way of, of describing everything we've talked about this morning mm-hmm. up to this point. Right. And it's a very good way of describing it. It is a right. plan. God always has a plan. He never leaves us in confusion. He never leaves us to just wonder what he's wanting and what he's desiring to do. He's always got a plan. Right. And here in these passages of Scripture that we've been to this morning, God has communicated his plan. Right. I believe somebody's heard his plan this morning. Yes, sir. Somebody that's listening right now, or maybe that's you're right. going to be listening to this later, you're hearing a plan. Right. God has a plan for your life. That's right. God has a plan for the situation, the circumstance that you're facing, the things that you feel like you don't have an answer for, the things that you don't, you've tried every way to, to, to make things right, and life just isn't turning out the way that you thought it was going to, and things are just kind of a wreck. Mm-hmm. God has a plan for you. That's right. God has a plan out of that. He has a plan to save you, and he has a plan to to give your life purpose and meaning in him Mm -hmm. after he saves you. So uh, the final passage that I want to go to this morning, Brother Ben, kind of as we wrap up, is 
is later on in the book of Acts. There's mm-hmm. a lot of proofs in the book of Acts to where we can go to, and for the sake of time, we won't this morning, but there's a lot of passages in the book of Acts where we see this message repeated. Right. This message of what happened in Acts chapter 2 right. and verse 38. We see it happen in different places throughout the book of Acts. Right. You see it in Acts chapter 10. You see it, and then you see it in Acts chapter 19 is another place, and that's where I want to go to this morning. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 19 tells a story, mm-hmm. a story of when the Apostle Paul was in during his uh, missionary travels, mm-hmm. and, and here's what it says. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples. Mm-hmm. These were disciples of John the Baptist the one who preceded Jesus, right? he had disciples of his own. Well, these people that he found in Acts chapter 19 were disciples of John the Baptist. right? And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Then he says, so they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Verse 3 says, he said unto them, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism, John the Baptist's. Mm -hmm. And then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Right. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul had laid hands on them, The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. So this morning, if you're watching this, and and perhaps some of this is is fresh information, uh, Mm -hmm. perhaps this has just been presented in a way that you haven't really seen before, I would ask you the same two questions, not a question that that I came up with or that Brother Ben put together, but these are questions we find in Scripture that are important questions. Right. We know that because the Apostle Paul asked them here in Acts chapter 19. So the two questions I would ask to every person watching today, how were you baptized? The scriptures say we need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. So how were you baptized? The second question is, have you received the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, since you believed? I think that the way that's phrased is so important, Brother Ben. Right. Because the Apostle Paul did what I want to do this morning. He acknowledged that they already believed. Right. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Right. I believe that there's people that there are that are watching this right now that sincerely believe that there is a God, that there is a God who loves them. Absolutely. And You've been searching for an answer. You've been looking for, wondering what God's plan is. Absolutely. And I pray that this morning's ministry might provide an answer, that it might provide some clarity, some understanding to somebody that's watching right now. How were you baptized, and have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? You know, um, as you were saying that, and as we were uh, reading through the Scriptures, um, I'm reminded of a, of a Bible study. Uh, that I taught once, and I'm going to be very quick, I know, um, this morning. But uh, a few years back, uh, a friend of mine uh, was um, had received the gift of the Holy Ghost and had been baptized um, a different way and just came to me and said, I feel like and I know um, that there is more. I just 
I just I just have this hunger, and God is dealing with me uh, uh, for more. And so I said, perfect, let's just uh, sit down and let's go through the scripture. And so he said, that sounds great. And so we set up a time and met at his home, and uh, his family was there, his wife, and my wife was with with me um, and our kids, and and uh, that was a that that's fun just all in. <laughs> and so uh, throw a dog or two in the mix, and it was it was a good time. Um, but as we begin to go through the scripture, and it was very plain, just basically what we some of the scriptures that we have discussed today, and as he. Uh, was reading the scriptures, and as we were going through, there was like a, oh, I can't really explain it except uh, to say that there was like a light bulb uh, that went off uh, in his, you could see it in his eyes. And uh, he said, I have not been baptized the right way. And I see for the very first time that I have <laughs> got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Wow. And so I said, you are exactly right. And he had seen it for himself. And it is, it's one thing to tell someone. Right. But it's another thing when they see it uh, for themselves in the scriptures. And that's what um, we are hoping today through the scriptures that that is conveying. And so real quickly, because uh, the story has a good ending. And so I said, that sounds perfect. Let's set it up. We will set it up. And you could, this was on a, like a Thursday night, maybe uh, in the middle of the week. And I said, we will make sure on Sunday morning that the, the temperature is right in the baptismal tank. We will make sure that everything is good. Um, you can invite your family, your friends. Yeah. You can invite all these people. And he looked at me, Pastor Dustin, with the most sincere look. Um, that I have probably ever seen in my whole entire life. And he said, do you understand that I drive about 50 miles a day to work and the road that I drive on and the uh, 18-wheeler grain trucks and different vehicles, farm equipment that I meet, do you realize how many times that I have been ran off the road by those vehicles? And I said, well, I'm sure plenty. I knew the highway he was talking about. He said, do you know how many times I've almost had a head-on collision with them? And I said, probably a few times. And he said, I cannot afford now that I know Wow, how I need to, how I must be baptized in order to truly be saved. Right. He said, I can't wait until Sunday. So I'm going through my mind. We're 45 minutes away from a baptismal tank, and I'm trying to figure out it's almost 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. What are we going to do? And he said, I've got to be baptized tonight. And I said, do you have a bathtub? <laughs> and he said, I do. Yep. And so we baptized him. He had already received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we baptized him in the name of Jesus. And there is something about no matter where you're at, no matter what is going on, there was something that transformed in that very moment. You could see as his eyes lit up, Pastor Dustin, it was like the faith that we've been talking about. That's what it is. It was like there's something begin to work. It wasn't now it was no longer my faith and what I believed, but it was his faith. Faith comes by hearing. That's right. And hearing by the word of God. That's exactly right. He heard it. And he heard it. And he's still in the church today. That's awesome. And God is doing a great work through him. Love so. that story. Yeah. Uh, you know what? That just speaks to, to the experience of being born again and how we can experience God anywhere we are. That's right. We don't have to be in a church building. Exactly we don't have to right. be in a setting that is emotionally charged with music or, or exactly all the different right. trappings of religion. But God's presence can enter into any room. That's right. 
and God's presence can enter into the place that you're at right now. If you're watching this, I, I believe that. I believe it with every yes. fiber of my being. Yes. That God's presence is sweeping into living rooms and bedrooms and vehicles right now, That's wherever right. you happen to be. And that and that God is doing a sincere work of yes. his spirit. Yes. And that there's faith that's being activated right now. And somebody's saying, I can't wait. I can't that's wait right. until the next time it's convenient. That's I right. can't wait until the next time that I feel like I'm in the right place at the right time. But this right now is the right place and the right time. And I've got to act on this today. That's right. It, it, uh, another passage I want to go to just briefly. We talked about baptism. What a lovely story about uh, that family and, mm-hmm. and, and how God moved uh, on them. Um, John chapter 1 tells us that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that word dwelt, I love this verse because that word dwelt literally just means tabernacled. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you'll remember that the tabernacle was the place where God's presence dwelt. But it was in a small, confined environment. It it wasn't moving out throughout the entire camp. It was in the tabernacle. It was in this particular compartment, in this area. But here in the New Testament, the scriptures tell us that the word became flesh and dwelt and tabernacled among us. And that's what Jesus' Jesus's name literally means, is God with us. Right. God desires to be with us. Right. And when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that's God with us. That's God coming in and residing in our everyday life. Mm-hmm. That's the plan of God. Right. That's the plan of God for every single one of us. So yes. if, if you've been seeking the Holy Ghost, if you've been desiring to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and maybe you haven't uh, yet, uh, I want to I encourage you today to continue to pursue God. Right. It can happen any place. You don't have to wait until the next time you're in a church building. That's right. Can, I, I know stories we could tell, and I won't for the sake of time, right. where people have received God's Spirit for the first time, in their home, in their living room, right. in their vehicle, in the parking lot. Mopping wherever. the floor. Right, mopping the floor. Any, you know, <laughs> That's it, right. It can happen. That's it right. It does happen. And so I want to encourage you today, if you've never experienced this, if you've never pursued the plan of God that we've described this morning and we've done our very best to minister, then I want to encourage you, pursue the plan of God. Yes. Pursue the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Find yourself a place and repent of your sins. Mm-hmm. And then begin to search the scriptures like we have today. Right. And pursue the plan of God. The greatest news that I can deliver today, and this is what I'm going to end with this morning, is Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Right after Peter told, said the message and explained that we've got to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins and that we would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost... Right after that, the very next sentence, he goes on and says, For the promise is unto you, yes, and to your children, and to all who are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. One of the greatest events that can happen in your life is when we decide to respond in faith, yeah. when we decide to, to approach God in repentance and turn away from our sin, when we make the decision to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. Yes. And then we invite the presence of God and the Spirit of God into our lives. And we're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues in a language 
that we've never understood. And that's simply the evidence that's right. that God has entered into our lives and that he is beginning to dwell with us and dwell in your life. That's One of right. the greatest events that can happen in your life. I want to encourage every person right now to begin to pursue that, to continue to pursue that. Yes. Because there's no greater experience and there's no greater confirmation when you know that you're truly born again, just like they were in the book of Acts. Yes. I want to say one one thing, mm-hmm. and then we're going to pray. Um, there's just a sweet presence of the Lord uh, that has swept into this room that we're in. And I know that no doubt if you're tuned in today that you are filling uh, that same presence. Amen. Um, we are believing with you, uh, no matter where you're at, no matter what part of the journey uh, you are on, right. that God is going to continue and to fulfill uh, His promises Amen. Uh, in your life. And so we want to encourage you today, as Pastor Dustin said, regardless of where you're at, uh, what room you're in today, uh, maybe you're in your automobile uh, or at work on break, I don't know what's going on, but I know that the presence of the Lord wants to meet you right. uh, where you're at. Uh, this Jesus. morning. We're going to pray right now. I want to just pray a blessing uh, over every home um, and and that the power of the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost would reside uh, where you uh, are at this morning. Lord, we love you this morning. We are thankful, Almighty God, for the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost that is not confined in a certain building or in a certain sanctuary. Um, but you are today, God, where we are, uh, and you have filtrated and filled uh, our, our rooms and our atmosphere. It has been shifted today by your presence. Lord, I pray for every individual that may be watching uh, this morning. I pray this morning for every individual that will watch at a later time or listen at a later time, God. I pray that it may feel like the midnight hour for them right now, but Lord, I pray that your presence, God, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, O oh Lord, would move on behalf of what you are doing and on behalf of what you are speaking and what you are saying. Now, Lord, I pray right now, a blessing over every home, over every family. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that a provision of, of health would rest on them, God, that you would bless them, God, both coming in and, 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 and going out, oh God, that your hand would rest in every area and every avenue and every dimension of our lives. Lord, I pray that your presence would be first, that we would put you first in all things. Lord, we give you praise and I thank you, God, for this church family. I thank you for this body of believers. I thank you for every person that is connected with us this morning, God. And I pray that you would richly bless them and that your favor would be on them and that your word, oh God, would speak to their hearts. In Jesus' name, we give you all the praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Ben. I feel the presence of God right now. Yes. And uh, he's faithful. He's good to us. And I'm thankful that he's not confined to a particular location. That's right. That he's not confined to a particular even method of doing things. Right. That uh, God can meet us where we are. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for that today.